Hi, this is Tony Selznick and Megan Hunt, and this is the Hollywood Dance Podcast. Yay, we're so excited. Megan, I'm really excited about this one because today we're concentrating on social media and its impact on commercial dance. And I'm really excited because the two guests that we have here are actually the two people that introduced me to social media, starting with Brazil, who's the first director that I know who's created content through social media. Hi, Brazil. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good and then Dayan is also here. And Dayan Tupic, am I pronouncing your last name right? I, yes. Okay, good. Yeah, it's Tupic, but in Europe it'd be Tupic. Tupic, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> the, the reason why I have you here, Dayan, is because, and you know the story that years ago, I got this call from YouTube. And YouTube said, hey, we're calling from YouTube and we want to do something with your, one of your famous clients. And I was like, oh my God, amazing. Kenny Ortega, Jamie King, who? And they went, no, Dayan Tupic. And I was like, who? And I hung up the phone and I was like, hey, who's Dayan? I didn't even know that. And he was a dancer in our agency. And you were like the first person that was creating content on YouTube. Yeah. So I want to get to Brazil and talk about his trajectory of where he's gone. But I want to start with you, Dayan. How did this happen that you even got involved in YouTube? How did you know about it? You were one of the pioneers for sure and come close to the mic since we don't have sophisticated technology here <laughs> at the uh, Hollywood podcast oh man you're taking me back like over a decade right now but um, I think I think the main thing that uh, the main reason why I think I started posting the videos was just to put my name and my work out there and that was the only way I knew at the time how to do that how to be uh, active dancing here in LA, being fresh in LA and trying to use my time to create something with friends, uh, to create combos and I didn't realize how fast that was going to catch on like on the internet as far as people watching us and seeing what we were doing and it just kind of snowballed into something way bigger than I even thought. Wait, wait so go back to day one, day, day on, day yeah. one. <laughs> did you just like, did you just like say I'm going to record something, I'm going to upload it to YouTube and I mean, see what yeah, happens? Yeah, it was kind of, uh, so one of the main ones was, uh, it was, and I'm such a Britney, Britney Spears fan, mm -hmm. but she came out with a new album at the time, and there was a song that um, I liked, If You Seek Amy, and... I love we, that song. We just, yeah, we just, like, I made up a dance to it, and we just did it in the studio. It was in between classes at Millennium. It was just something we did for fun uh, with three of my friends, um, and we, you know, of course, when we posted that, I think because it was so new and so... Um, so fresh and people were kind of searching for it. I think that's that's what helped me um, with the first video and It was more of like a way to be honest It was more of a way to have like videos together that I could submit to be with an agency because at that time I wasn't even signed yet, so I was told okay create a reel and my only way of understanding how to do a reel was let me create some dances I'll, I put them online so that way I can send the links and um because of those videos, I ended up getting signed here to MSA, and so that was kind of like a way of doing it, but then after that it kind of snowballed, of course, into something way, way different. It wasn't, once I had the, the representation, then it was like, okay, well now what do I do? Yeah. And the response from people, keep posting more, do this, oh, well, we love your work, it was kind of like, okay, like, let me do this, let me start, let me start this. And when was the first time that the numbers, like you just looked and went, oh my God, there's um, more I than think, 10 people looking at this. <laughs> um, I think the first time I remember it uh, actually, because it was my first class at IDA. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up getting an opportunity to teach at IDA in Hollywood and it was my first class I taught uh, Lady Gaga's song. And um, that 
I mean, that video went right into millions. It was my first video that went into millions. So oh. that first class at IDA kind of um, set what was about to happen for the next few years as far as my classes go uh, with myself and also with Chanel. So it was kind of like that was like the, oh, something's happening here. And, um, and it's as silly as it is, too. Um, I remember getting a call from Fox News here in huh. LA and when they wanted to do an interview on me with my videos, that's when I was also was like, okay, wait, something's happening here. <laughs> What's going on? Why do you guys want to talk to me? Um, so that's kind of like the first time where I think it, you know, quote unquote, it went viral where um, a lot of people started watching it. And um, from there, I think the numbers then started yeah. to grow and grow and grow. You know what's funny is like the first time I really got into watching YouTube videos was watching Dayon's classes from IDA and he had this assistant that was always dancing in Ugg boots and I was like, who is this chick? <laughs> and I became obsessed and it was Janelle. And so Janelle I yeah. would yeah. watch their videos like crazy and it was always his classes at IDA and that's how I even mm -hmm. began to know who we were as well as Janelle. And then fast forward down the line to when Will needed rep, and that's kind of how I knew of Will and Janelle already. And I was already fans, and I was like, yeah, "Where's Janelle? <laughs> Bring her and her up boots in here right now." She used to always do his combos <laughs> in these up boots. Yeah, that's so cool. So it's just like crazy because I yeah. can pinpoint back to when I started kind of watching YouTube class videos, and it was Dayon. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. That was a really special time in our lives, and in my life especially. Uh, we would be on a weekly basis going to teach class and we would have these classes that we get to just create and we didn't have rules no one was telling us okay mm -hmm. you have to do this style or you have to do these moves we did anything that we wanted to so it was exciting every week to create something and I think because of that it gave us the career that we wanted it gave us mm -hmm. now I feel like um, like over the last 10 years I feel like I've been consistently working because of that yeah so when we look back now that's now like a little diary that we have that we get to look back on a little yeah. journal of moves and dances um, that we created we can look back on and I feel like it's so special because I'm sure you know uh, not everything that I've ever created or we created or uh, it's not like a Picasso every single time but even the silliest dances sometimes make me laugh because it takes us back to that time when we created like um, for one example like we created it once in the boys bathroom it was just me her and the two other dancers just in the bathroom making up a dance and then having to leave every time someone <laughs> would use it so like that to me was so fun now it might not be the best dance you know quote unquote in the world and oh my gosh like people need to bow down this choreography it's not about that it was just no. that, that was the moment so it makes me smile when i think about that time it was really special for me i love that so i'm cutting now to brazil Tell me your introductions. I actually knew you as a director before social media. Right. And I know that every once in a while you'd come into the office with all these great ideas with different partners that you had. I think, <laughs> were you living in Chicago at the time? Uh, I was going back and forth. Okay, yeah. so tell us, like, how did you get involved in this whole thing? Um, well, before I got into doing dance videos, I was doing extreme sports videos, like skate right. videos, and oh, that yeah. culture is a very underground, independent culture. You're a skater. That's yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Well, you, you filmed each other and you posted it online. So before there was a YouTube, we were just making websites on like, Yahoo's website builder and just posting videos on there. So I always knew the idea of building a following by posting your own videos online. That was something in the skate culture that I was already kind of a part of. And then once YouTube came around, it just made it a lot easier because we didn't have to build a website and put our own video player that was like really shitty. It was like YouTube provided a video player. So when I um, 
was in Chicago getting paid to do videos for people. At some point I realized, I was like, man, I would like to just make videos for free and just put them out and maybe split the profits. So that's when I moved to LA, started working with choreographers, started working with Will, met Dayan and Janelle, and just started just like collabing on videos to put them out together. Instead of you hiring me, let's just shoot them the class videos, put them out, and then see if we can monetize it. And at first, we used to be able to monetize it. Even if it was to a Beyonce track or whatever on YouTube, you used to be able to claim that you own the visual, and the record label owns the audio and you would split the, yeah. the, the profits. Now, for some reason, they give all the profits to whoever owns the audio only, even if you have an original video, which is yeah. weird because it takes a lot of work to do the video. Yeah. So now, you know, we'll make viral videos to the new Beyonce track or whatever. Like, for example, the Upgrade You one that I did with Will, that was our first viral one. Mm -hmm. And that one now has like 110 million views, like more views than the actual Beyonce song like video, yeah. uh, and yet we didn't monetize it at all on YouTube, so we had to just make tutorials to teach people to step-by-step step on how to do the dance, and that's where we really started doing tutorials. That was like six years ago or so, and started doing the online thing. Um, so it was just a natural progression of just wanting to create stuff. Like you said, the feeling of freedom. Mm -hmm. Nobody telling you what to create. You're just creating just for fun, yeah. and then we needed to monetize it somehow, so then it just built, and then now it's, it's what the world's about. Everything's about content now. So what if you do like a song, but you make it your own mix, then do you, you still don't get any rights to no, the, no. because it's not. Unless you own a hundred percent of everything yeah. in the video, you don't make any money from it. Wow. Even if you're doing like a podcast and we show a clip from like ABC News and you show too much of that clip, then you can't even monetize a podcast. Yeah. It's yeah. uh, it's very strict right now. It's so funny being like a creative, right, and wanting to create these videos and this content, then like also being told like how you're supposed yeah. to be creative, like that's so difficult, you know, you want that freedom to just create and do whatever you want, and so well, I can see part. both of your guys' Well, yeah. you know, it's interesting that when we talk about like making videos and going viral and that whole question, I remember, again, Brazil, you're sort of like my go-to person in this area. I remember a couple years ago when Prince passed away. Mm -hmm. And I wanted Jamie King, who's one of our clients, you know, a big director, choreographer, he's not on social media. So when Prince passed away, I thought, wow, I want Jamie to do a tribute to Prince. We'll film it, you'll shoot it, and it'll go viral and be like this really big tribute to Prince. And I was so excited about it. I remember Brazil calling me and saying, okay, let me ask you a question. Do you want this video to be good or do you want it to go viral? <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to do yeah. both. He's like, no, because if you look at like Daniel Cloud Campus, who's yeah. one of the most brilliant yeah. directors of our time, his videos don't necessarily go viral, but they're really, really good. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then there's like a video at Millennium that they shoot that there's no production, but it goes viral. And you really changed yeah. my like understanding. And it's really funny because I know so many people that say, oh, we're going to make a video and it's going to go viral. And I just laugh when they say that because like, that's not the mentality. Yeah. But, yeah. So can you, Brazil, can you speak to a minute about like what that actually means and the, and the reality of making something go viral? Sure. Um, well, I think uh, people share content because it makes them look good. Right? right, if you think about the last things that you've shared on Facebook or Instagram, <laughs> right. you share stuff that's, that's cute, that's funny, yeah. or that's yeah. like politically charged. Something mm -hmm. that you're angry about, yeah. something that you're super happy about. It's, people share to make themselves look good. So viral clips go viral because they instantly provide that social currency right away. Mm -hmm. But when something is really artistic, it takes more than five seconds to grab your attention. It may have a long intro of somebody walking up slowly as the sun rises, and, and that yeah. might be what makes it all artistic, but then it doesn't become great until you watch the entire thing, so somebody might skip it and not share it right away, you mm -hmm. know? So a lot of times the more art, like when you go to a movie and you sit down, you've already paid. Mm -hmm. You're not going to leave, 
the movie right. theater, right? Once you've already paid, you I sit do down. That, but yeah, <laughs> you, can, you can. But 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 the, as a filmmaker, you know that you've got their attention because they're sitting down. So uh -huh. you can have a long yeah. intro, and you can let the movie pay off two hours into the movie. At the very end, where you're like, oh my god, I can't believe that ending. You know, yeah. you can get really artistic. But when it's a uh, something to go viral, it's very rare that something with high video production value goes mm -hmm. goes viral. Now it can be very high quality dancing, very high yeah. quality choreography, yeah. but from the video side, if you if you do too much, it usually doesn't yeah, well spread that quickly. You know, to add on to that too, that's also kind of like now your quality of work is now based off of online and like viewership, for example. So like, if something went viral, that means that's your good work, quote unquote. But you could have maybe just made it up on the spot, or maybe it was brushed together. But then you had another video, like let's say, um, like for example, I did a video with Brazil. Yeah. That video compared to a class video, the views are so different. Now, yeah. the views on the video I did with Brazil, that was production. We were in a gym, we like had costumes, we spent time on it, it was great, like I love it. But then there's another dance that I made up like in my car, and that has millions of views. Now that apparently is the better choreography. So like that becomes now like, I mean, at least for me, it's like a, it messes with my mind a little bit because I'm like, wait, but we spent so much time on this. The yeah. quality of this is so great, but this went viral. Are you sure? <laughs> I was like, you know, like maybe yeah. that's how it going. confuses you as an artist yeah, too, because exactly. you're getting rewarded for what's not your best work. Exactly. Like my most viewed videos are not my best videos. Yeah, at all. yeah. <laughs> well, it's crazy. I yeah. love what you said about like capturing someone's attention, and yeah. when you put a lot of time into something creatively, like especially a video, yeah. and having that build up for such like an instant gratification culture. Yeah. That yeah. I've never even thought about that. So it's so interesting that you said that because that's something I never yeah. even thought of. And you guys have these totally different viewpoints because you're, you could do class videos, mm -hmm. you know, and get all of your views up, and then you're creating these whole pieces of yeah. art. And I can just see it's interesting to see your guys' two yeah. different viewpoints and how well, people watching it don't really even know maybe enough about dance or about yeah. what you're posting to really understand it. So they're reacting to it in their own way, which sometimes is hard to understand. Yeah, true. And like, it goes back to the, um, you mentioned Will's video had more uh, views than Beyonce's video. Like, think about it even for her, I'm sure. But has more views. So, like, <laughs> Beyonce's probably sitting there going, wait, what's happening? But that's the reality though now of like these videos being posted and, and these dance videos going viral. And, and like I said earlier, like it does mess with my brain a little bit as far as an artist because um, I do spend a lot of time on both but when you're spending like thousands of dollars on a, on a concept video or like a production and that's not getting the same amount of like love that something just was in the like in a garage oh man it, you'll wake up like oh man like what am I doing wrong what am I doing wrong you're constantly like um, belittling what you just did and it's, it's, it's hard but so for you, if you go and want to create like this bigger production that you're talking about, mm -hmm. what what are you doing that for? Are you doing I that do to post on social media or your website no, or your I, or? When I do something like that, I do it for me. Like I do it for me and I also do it for uh, a way to present myself to a future client. So okay. if uh, I made a video and I use this costume and this, like for example, I use, um, I did a Kesha video downtown um, LA. We had awesome dancers. I had a stand-in for Kesha. And this video, we spent like, time on, money on, costume, blah, 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 all of that. Now, that video, let's say, I don't even know what, 
view counter does right now, it's not viral, it didn't make it really big, but that video helped me present myself to other artists and be able to work with them to say, look, this is what I did on my budget, on my very little budget, now if I had your budget, we can make yeah. this yeah. times 100. So it's a way, like if I am doing something out of my pocket, um, I, I'm not, I, I don't want the views, I want the future like possibility of working with somebody else that I really do want to work with. Yeah, your and, audience is more of the industry. You yeah. want like creative directors exactly. and producers to see it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So that's that's helped me in the long run. So yeah, I, I lose money here to do a video or like to costume it or, or whatever, but ultimately every single time, um, somehow how the universe works, I'll get something out of it. Um, I'll get another opportunity that I'm going to be so happy to be on and it's because of that um, first yeah. video that I did or, or, or whatever video that I used. Yeah. So then for Brazil, I have a question because you've been directing and doing mm -hmm. this for a long time, but I do feel like with social media, it's kind of allowing all these people to think that they can do, I can be a videographer, I can direct, I can be a choreographer, mm -hmm. I can teach mm -hmm. class, like, you know. And whether they actually have the experience or not, but also I'd imagine maybe it's making it a little bit more difficult. Have you seen like a change in like pitching yourself as a director or getting the work coming in, or is it feel like um, living in LA? There sometimes feels like it's done a dozen people doing it for free, so it's hard to get. Well, th there's a lot of layers in that question. Um, yeah, I, I think on a personal note, it can get to you if you let it get to you when you put a ton of effort into a project, but then you see some kid with like an iPhone clip getting 10 more views, you know, 10 million more views than you do, you're like, oh, but that's because you're in comparison mode, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think whenever you create, you should know what the purpose of the creation is. You know, like I, I would advise if somebody's trying to build their choreography, you know, YouTube channel, they should do like, you know, if they're doing four videos a week, a month, one should be like purposely viral. You know what I mean? And then do the other three as like, you know, artistic or, or, or half and half, you yeah. know? So you, you do something to bring the eyes to your page. And then at the end of that video, you say, if you like this video, also see my passion mm -hmm. project over here. I think that would be a good way to do it. Um, but in terms of what's happening in the industry now, um, it's, it's a constant change. You know, everything changes. You know, uh, it, people used to be in radio. <laughs> people used to sell CDs and now it's going yeah. into streaming. iTunes is going to stop selling music. It's always going to be subscription based now, you know? Um, it, life is full of changes, and I think mm -hmm. you can either stay on the winning or the losing side of innovation. So I think if you just accept the fact that things will change, like for example, you used to have to pay a lot of money to do special effects. Mm -hmm. Now you go on Instagram through filters and you can throw special effects. That, that stuff used to cost millions of dollars to do. Yeah. Like, to, to, to track, some, yeah. track somebody's face and put a dog over it, as silly mm -hmm. as that sounds, to do that manually with an animation program takes forever. Yeah. Yeah. So now there's like animators and, and there's places where you can go and buy templates. You can buy templates for a website, templates for special effects, yeah. templates for graphics, templates for flyers. Whereas graphic designers are now out of a job because you can pay 20 bucks and buy a flyer template. Yeah. So I think you just need to understand that things will consistently change. And if you just focus on your mission to give and you just ride that wave of change, you'll just find a different way to give, you know? Yeah. Like if something happens that makes editing obsolete, then I'll just I'll find the next thing. You know, I think if you stay too married to what you're doing, that's when you're gonna lose. You gotta be more focused on the mission. Right, like like you're you're dancing, you're choreographing because you want to express yourself and you want to help other people express themselves, you know. Yeah. And and there's different types of your career too because what needs to happen for you to be booked as a dance teacher is different than you'd be booked as a creative director, mm -hmm. than than an award show choreographer, than than right. a tour yeah. choreographer. Those are completely different models, right? Because yeah. you know a studio might want to book you because they know you're going to bring students and that requires you to go viral. 
Yeah, yeah. Right, because there's people that that choreograph major tours, but that have like four people in their class at Debbie Reynolds. You yeah. know, yeah. The, 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 they work with major artists, and their classes are empty. Yeah. You know, which is crazy. You know, but I guess you just got to understand why it is that you're creating and judge it from there. I also really love what you're saying about riding the wave yeah. and being able to handle the changes because I've noticed such dramatic changes in the commercial dance world because mm -hmm. of social media. And this yeah. is this conversation really is about how social media impacts you know the, the commercial dance world so I, I love what you're saying there because I you know to me and this is where it gets a little bit on the dark side like yeah. not dark side but yeah. this is like and, and I want to talk to you about this as well that I was so infatuated with content creators and, and people that are doing YouTube dance videos and I just got so infatuated with them like just study them all and that's why I, you know I mentioned all that but, mm. but I, then I saw this very strange backlash happening a couple years ago where there's this really interesting conception that because you have a lot of likes it means you're good. Mm -hmm. And so the industry started chasing after the people that had a lot of likes and that was yeah. very scary for the people that are actually good but didn't have a lot of likes. Yeah. So the industry flipped like within a matter of weeks and I, the whole yeah. thing happened. And for me, it's, it, it was a very, it's a very dangerous thing. I love what you were just saying, Brazil, about being able to ride the changes because I feel like that's really what, has to, what you have to do. For me personally, this is my personal opinion, Yeah. I feel like the difference between those is that I, in old school training, you have a teacher, you have a mentor. And a lot of the people that are on social media be, are self-taught. And I give them so much props for that because they created all themselves. But I do notice that, in, at least in the dance world, people that come from mentors or come from teachers have somebody that they can go to to help them navigate through the tricks of, yeah. of this industry. And that's the one area that I feel concerned with the YouTube content creators. They don't necessarily have that have that in their DNA to know that there's somebody that they can go to. You know, when I grew up, Kenny Ortega was one of my big mentors, and I was very lucky that I worked with him on, on you know, a, a couple different projects, and I watched him have mentors, and I watched his career dive, and I watched him come back up. And to me, as an, you know, as, as an artist too, it really was helpful for me to watch somebody go through <coughs> hard times back up to good times because it made yeah. me feel better. So I really like what you said, about, again, by going back to that, you know, one thing that you have to do is you have to know that, you know, if there becomes an editing program that wipes out editing, you will do something else and you will yeah. be okay doing that. That's a yeah. really important thing for all of us to realize. Yeah. Can I ask you, Dan, what, what happened to you? Because I noticed that a couple of years ago that you kind of dipped out, like you were in the beginning on top, then you're like, you know what? No, it's not. So um, what, what's your thing? That, it, there's a lot of things that kind of came about that. Um, the main thing was... Uh, a friend of mine does this, Courtney, and she talks about uh, moments being roses and thorns. So mm -hmm. the rose being the good thing, the thorn being the bad. And mm -hmm. the rose of this, um, and posting online and being so active online, was exactly why I'm sitting here today and why I'm working. And I, I got a, a career out of it. I got mm -hmm. opportunities out of it. I got to travel the world because of it. I'm still traveling the world because of it. I've gotten to do things that I dreamed of when I was like, you know, growing up in Ohio and like watching TRL. Like I, I dreamed of this. So this is the rose. Like the, mm -hmm. what came out of it was really awesome. Um, to me, the thorn was just the, um, uh, it's the feedback. Uh, so, like for example, uh, two things happened that really affected me. One, uh, I remember sitting at a dinner where everyone was being introduced, and this is years and years ago, where everyone was introduced by what tour they were on, mm. who they worked with, and what they did, and then they got to me and they said, oh, well, he posts YouTube videos. Oh. And the way that that was said, I remember um, wow. feeling so little. 
And I felt at the time, and this is way before anything was happening, um, even this particular person, before anybody was even going online, I just felt like little. I felt like what I was doing wasn't really big. And little did anyone know it on that table, now they're all doing it. They're all online. They're all posting mm -hmm. videos right. to do exactly what I was doing at the time. Mm -hmm. So that kind of affected me because that was my peer and that was someone who I looked up to. So I just felt like the people who I was trying to impress weren't bringing me on their level, they were pushing me down because I was doing something that they were not. And they were not agreeing with posting videos online. They weren't agreeing with putting work online. Mm. Um, that was one. And then um, one was like really personal, but um, I remember one day waking up and you get all these messages in your inbox. And I remember once um, someone threatened to kill me and it was uh, waking Whoa. up to seeing the first time someone saying, you know, they're disagreeing with my life choices or what I'm, what, what I'm about. And they felt the need to attack me on my dance page. So both of those worlds kind of now collided mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. now it got real. It got mm -hmm. real because I'm posting where I am at every single moment, at every right. single time. Wow. I'm showing you exactly when I'm teaching, at what time, wow. and what city I'm in. Wow. And I felt scared. Um, I felt scared yeah. that someone would come and, you know, maybe not take it to that extreme, but even just hit me in my face. Like, right. I don't have any more yeah. yeah. in my face. So yeah. um, getting that the first time was, I think, a reality shock. Um, people reaching out to my family, also getting personal information from me started to really affect me and scare me that I started to really take myself away from social media um, for that reason. Um, I felt like I shared enough of me and I shared enough of my work and my intention was for it to just be my work and for it just to be about my dancing and my personal life got brought into it and I was scared. Mm -hmm. I was like, absolutely not. I don't want, I don't want the idea of like who I am and what I do be an effect on someone that's so negative. I always wanted to be so positive. So when that happened, it was like, okay, I need to step back a little bit. Um, and even now when I post, I try really hard not to post at, this, at the very moment where I'm at. Because if I'm gonna post that I'm at this hotel, wow, it takes, yeah. it's so easy for someone just to so be smart. there and wait. And, yeah. and that kind of scares me now with seeing the new people, the, the people that are just moving out to LA at 18, 19 years mm -hmm. old, these girls that are posting these amazing dance videos, you know, and these amazing things that I, as a creative person, am going, yes, and I'm clapping and I'm snapping, but someone who, you know, a non-dancer who I call a muggle, you know, they don't understand <laughs> what we're doing. They're just seeing a young girl in yeah. a, a half a crop top yeah. and shorts, yeah. and they have that same accessibility now to, to reach out to them and to message them, to DM them. So if that happened to me, and I'm a male, and I'm, you know, and this was years ago, I can only imagine what's going oh on now. So it scares me for someone coming into it. Because I, I always, always want anyone to be careful with how much of your personal life is out there. Because it is not just like in your city; it's global. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, mm -hmm. I've been in places. I've been Paris, where someone waited outside of a studio just to meet me. And if and, and that was a positive. Mm -hmm. that's a positive I can imagine but, if it was a negative. Yeah. You know, because yeah. thousands of miles away, and she had access to see exactly where I was. Wow. So um, it's just to be careful with stuff like that. So that's why I kind of shunned away a little bit from it. And I because yeah, that happened with that YouTube singer. Mm -hmm. There was a YouTube singer girl. Um, yeah, what's her name? Ago. Christina something. Uh, she was like on some show. Voice as well. Yeah, so, some fan came to her signing thing and killed her. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I do remember. Yeah. She was. Yeah. Um, Chris, uh, what's her? Yeah, you're right. But I forgot her name. I forgot her name. But she was a big YouTuber who was finally Huge. crossing over onto TV yeah. and finally Huge. being seen in the main. 
That is so scary. And yeah. It's something that like not everyone really thinks about, but you are putting yourself out there for everyone to yeah. be able to get access and even, to. Even uh, you know, even like being let's say uh, in your home, if you're like posting videos in your house, walking around, or in your yeah. backyard, someone now has full access to where you live and where yeah. you sleep. And that terrifies me. Like I terrifying. I don't uh, like the idea of, of that. And maybe I've seen too many scary movies, but this is my life. This is, I have one life to live, and I'm not giving it to someone to take away from me. So that's why I get really uh, scared and very protective with what I put out there. Um, well, and this was kind of a question that we had, like, how hard is it to really separate your everyday personal life from social media? Because, you know, there are people that have completely created these careers off of social mm -hmm. media for them to completely say no I'm done like I remember having a conversation with you Dayon where you said I you thought about just literally deleting your YouTube page yeah. and the outpour of fans that loved it were yeah. devastated and didn't want that to happen but then what so what do you do like well that for me it's gotten easy for me it's now knowing for example uh, I know my audience people who follow me now I know their kids their studio owners their teachers their peers their you guys their whoever is whoever I know and the way I want to present myself should be very commercial to everybody so I don't post um, you know naked photos or I don't mm -hmm. swear I don't post myself at like a party uh, I, I don't post pictures like that because I just want it to be very clean um, my way of separating it is just by not posting it and I've actually taught myself so this is my way and um, I created a Finsta I have zero followers and I follow nobody <laughs> on those times where I feel okay. like the need it's that. like a drug almost where mm -hmm. like I need to post a video but I don't want to post that particular photo on my main page I'll post it on my fake Instagram it's private no one will ever see it okay and then I get to look back on the things that like Oh, I remember this uh, event or this party or who I was with, you know, at this place or whatever it was. And I get to still enjoy like the high of Instagram on my private <laughs> page. But then my proper, like my real page, then I can go back and that's what I can present to the world. It's like a nicotine patch, right? Yeah. <laughs> for social media. It works for me. Well, I love that you said you can get a high off a of video that's going to get zero. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you guys, I want to do this. We're going to wrap up this session in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And it definitely needs to be longer. There's going to yeah. have to be a part two of this. And I, I want to thank you guys because as you're both talking, I'm just appreciating you both so much and mm -hmm. looking in your eyes and realizing no. that my whole connection to social media started with the both of you and I respect you both so much for what you're doing now. And I'm, Megan, I can't believe you're actually the one that actually brought social media into our agency <laughs> yeah. by what you're saying. So I want to end this particular session just by having you guys just say maybe a talk for a minute each about like what you're most excited about right now with what you're doing with social media. Like what, what part is, excites you moving forward? So, oh man, that's also a question that I think can be expanded into like a whole hour talk. Um, my, as far as what I want to do and where I, I am with it is, um, yes, it is a little bit outside of um, social media as far as like how much I post compared to somebody else. But the way that I feel like I'm presenting myself on social media is what I'm, I'm excited about. The way that I speak on there, the way I, um, mm -hmm. the way I even comment, the way that mm -hmm. I'm online um, and present myself on social media is the way that I want to carry myself in, in It's the world. intentional. Now, um, as far as like work goes, um, what I'm really excited about is just seeing uh, what someone else is not going to do because I feel like I've done what I've done. I've done the class videos, the concert videos. I've done everything that I think 
made me so happy with concert videos. I just want to now see what someone else is going to do different. And I get to now sit back and watch. Um, I, I get very excited about certain, like, uh, I, you know, choreographers now who were kids when I knew them. They were 14, 15 in my class. And now they're on their own journey to create these concert videos and choreographies. And I get to sit back, and I'm not that old, but I get to sit back like a dad almost, like, you know, wow, just like yeah. a, you know, a beer in my hand, like watching my kid grow up. <laughs> I'm not that old, but, <laughs> but I get to be excited about the next chapter. And that's kind of where, um, where, I'm, where I'm at, at least, with my stuff. Um, my work now is teaching and, and choreographing that that's what excites me. And I'm an uncle now, so family life excites me. So I'm now into like a uncle you know, the next step. Yeah. <laughs> In Brazil, tell, tell us. I consider you kind of like the Gary Vichuk of the dance world. So like I look to you, like what are you most excited about? Um, I think for most of my career, a majority of the content I've made is content that I got paid to make. So it was always with a business goal in mind. And I think I never really gave myself room to create a lot of things that were just for me. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what I'm more excited about now. Because my, my career is in doing paid productions. That, that's all I do is commercials, music videos, dance videos, whatever. So that's, that's not going to stop even if I wanted it to stop. It, it's, it's the fact that now I feel like I'm finally giving myself permission to create things for me. Um, and that's what I'm going to be putting out more of. Just like, for example, Philip Shabib has been doing these posts that are like 15 seconds long. These pieces that are just like a... He's our next an, guest, by like the way. Like an, an idea, yeah. It's just like movements and it's like end of video. And I'm like, ah, yes, I want to do that. So I think for me, just on a personal note, it's just giving myself permission to be more free with how I create. Yeah, That's what I'm really that. excited for. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're going through a period of the most change that we've ever seen in human history. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, five, ten years from now, who knows what the world's going to be like. So I, I just want to create stuff that um so i want people to see how i really look at the world and i feel like most of my work has been me doing other people's ideas like most choreographers come to me with an idea already in mind and then i execute it for them mm -hmm. you know and i add my touch to it but i haven't put out anything that's just like a hundred percent from start to bottom here's what i think and here's how i feel mm -hmm. so that's what i think you'll be seeing more from me coming you know awesome yeah all right, well, listen, you guys, again, thank you so much for participating in our second Hollywood podcast. Yes. Tony Selznick and Megan Hunt. See you guys again real soon. Thank you, guys. Bye.